Amen. Let us turn together now for a few moments in this passage of Scripture here in John's Gospel in the chapter 18. And the verses that I want to leave with you today are the verses 7 and 8. John chapter 18, verses 7 and 8. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. We're thinking in particular here the words of our Savior, these wonderful words. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Now the Lord Jesus Christ knew in advance all that was going to happen to him. He was going to be arrested. He was going to be mocked and reviled and crucified. Nailed to a cross. And he would rise again uh, from the dead. That great victory was set before him. But he was not taken by surprise concerning all that was going to take place. We often, of course, say to ourselves, we often have to admit that when certain events in this world take place, and even uh, perhaps within our own lives and our own families, we often have to admit that we were taken by surprise. We weren't expecting things to happen or to work out as they have. Now we know today, of course, that we're living in a world in which there is much confusion and there is great darkness. And it would seem that that confusion seems to get deeper and deeper as time goes on. But praise God when we open this word, when we open the scriptures, and when we read the word, and when we read the testimonies there of the people of God, And the words of our God and our Savior, thank God we can say today that there is no confusion with our God. The Lord is not confused. Our Savior here, with all that was going to take place and happen to him, as I say, he was not taken by surprise, but he knew in advance all of these events that lay before him. And that's a great consolation, surely, for each and every child of God. We serve a God. We serve a God who, is, who rules on high and is never confused or taken by surprise with all the events of this world. I was thinking of that testimony there, the woman of Samaria, that we read there of in John chapter 4. And after she was converted and saved, uh, she went to her friends in the village And she told them how she had met with the Savior and all that had happened. And of course she was amazed that when the Savior spoke to her, he was able to relate to her every detail concerning her life, her past life, and all that had happened. And we read these wonderful words here in John's Gospel, the chapter 4 and the verse 29. And she's inviting her neighbors and her friends. She says, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Is not this the Christ? But look at that verse for a moment, if we can turn to it in our Bibles there, in the book of Jeremiah, and the chapter 17, 
and in the verse 10. Chapter 17, the book of Jeremiah, and in the verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So there is nothing hid. There is nothing concealed from our God and from our Savior. No confusion with him. He knows each and every one of our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows our motives. And he knows our intentions. Everything is open and naked unto him. The eye of him with whom we have to do. Now of course his disciples on this occasion. They were cast down undoubtedly. They were taken by surprise. And they were sorrowful. And they were confused. As much as to say, well, what's happening? They're young in the faith. And uh, they haven't certainly, as we would say, they haven't come to maturity as yet. And so we can understand how they, how they are cast down at this time. When the Lord is taken. And when he is arrested. And when he is put on trial. But we want to note here, the Lord's tenderness here toward his disciples. That's what we're thinking of today. His tenderness toward his disciples on this particular occasion. He says, I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Let these go their way. Now, of course, we can, as I've already said, we can be taken up. Uh, We can be taken by surprise. And not only that, but we are all inclined by nature to a certain extent uh, to be taken up with ourselves and perhaps to think little of others. That is just part of our fallen nature, especially when trouble and when trials come our way. We can be consumed with ourselves. We can be inward looking. Now note here the tenderness of our Savior. Note his mercy and his sympathy here with his disciples at this time. Yes, he looks here upon his people. He sees that there is weakness. He sees that there is fear. And he sees that there's a certain trepidation. What's going to happen? What does the future hold for us? And the people that have come to arrest him at this time, they have authority and they are strong and they have all the power behind them. And here's this weak band of people. Yes, we can be consumed with ourselves. Taken up with our own little world as it were. And with our our troubles and our trials and everything else. But note the tenderness here of our Saviour. He says, if therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Let these go their way. Now the Lord would not have them suffer at this time. Of course we know that from reading the word of God, reading the gospels, there was a time coming when they would suffer and they would have to take a stand. But praise God they were well prepared for that. Because the Holy Spirit of God had come upon them. And they had been filled with the Spirit. And of course now they were strong in the faith. And they were brave. 
And they had an open testimony. And they were going to make a stand for the Lord. But at this particular time, there's a weakness there. But praise God, the Lord knows our earthly pilgrimage. He knows all of us, as we've read there in Jeremiah. He knows each and every one of us intimately. You see, brethren, we're dealing with God. We're dealing with the almighty God. There is nothing hid from him. We're dealing with the one who rules on high. And how we ever need to keep this vision of God before us. We're not speaking here, of course, about some physical vision. No, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But we need to keep our eyes fixed upon his glory. And upon who he is. And how gracious he is. And how glorious he is. And so he says to the authorities at this time. If therefore ye seek me. Let these go their way. Yes he knew the trials. And thank God he knows our earthly pilgrimage. And he knows every step of the way. For you and for me. He knows the present. And he knows what is set before us. The trials and the troubles of this world. He's acquainted with our fears. He's acquainted with our weaknesses. All of that. Oh, how the Lord cares for his family. How he cares for his disciples. Were these great important men in the world at this time? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. They certainly were not. They're poor fishermen. They're nobodies as far as this world is concerned. They're not men of high position at all. They have no standing. They have no wealth. They have nothing. But isn't it marvelous how the Lord looks upon them? Let these go their way if ye seek me. We read there, don't we, in 1 Corinthians, in that passage concerning wisdom, And of course, there's two schools of wisdom, isn't there, in this world? It all boils down to just two schools of wisdom. There is the wisdom of this world. And the Apostle Paul there reminds us that the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. When men think they know better than God, when they think they're above God, when they dismiss God, when people say, oh no, we can't be bothered with this, we have, no, we have no confidence or faith in God or in the scriptures. We're wise enough in our own eyes. We're clever enough. We're educated enough. Then the word of God pronounces this verdict that they are fools. And the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. But thank God for that wisdom that comes from above. There's a heavenly wisdom. And there the Apostle Paul reminds us of that in 1 Corinthians, that chapter 1, the verse 26 and 27. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So you see, he's surrounded by these, this little band of disciples. And it, these are the weak things of the world, as far as the world is concerned. These are weak men. These people haven't influence. Or any say, they're just weaklings. They're fishermen. They're nobody. Nobodies. And as far as the world is concerned, yes, they're just fools and they're idiots. We're the clever ones. 
But oh, you see the affectionate care of our Savior. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Now every child of God, every child of God is precious in his sight. I may be speaking to somebody in the meeting today, and you may be going through a very difficult time. You may have to confront problems and trials, and you may be down, downcast. You may be discouraged. You may feel like giving up. Oh, dear believer, listen. There's one who sympathizes with you. There is one who cares for you, as he did this little band of disciples. You seek me, let these go their way. And the Lord cares for you. He cares for you. I am his interested in you. Isn't that wonderful? When we think of it. The one who created the heavens and the earth. The almighty God. The holy one is interested in you and is interested in me. And he cares for us. Oh, we need to keep hold of that, don't we? You see, every child of God, every Christian has been purchased by the precious blood. Not silver or gold or banknotes or anything else or all the treasures of this world. Brethren, we have been purchased by blood and it is the blood of the Lamb. You remember the words of Peter there in First Peter, the chapter 1 and the verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, the highest cost. And it's marvelous when you stop to think of it. If all the wealth of this world could be brought together, all the gold and everything else, and all the bank bonds, it would not purchase one soul. It would not be fit to buy one soul. So we're purchased by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't the scripture make it very clear that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? Gave himself for it. He is a good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And of course, the greatest shepherd of all, as I said, he cares. There's a genuine interest. He's not putting on any show here or just trying to put on a good face on things. No, he said, he said, if therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Let them be released. Their time for standing and their time for suffering has just not Come yet. It will come. But now they're children as it were in the faith. Oh dear Christian, keep this ever. Keep this ever in your heart. Keep this ever in your mind, whatever you have to face in this world. That in his sight, you're precious. It doesn't matter one iot, what others think. You may be a nothing and a nobody as far as neighbors are concerned. Oh, but as far as the Lord is concerned, purchased and redeemed 
by the precious blood. Child of God. But let us note, of course, as well, his authority here over his enemies. His authority over his enemies. For he's speaking here uh, to those who have come to take him. He's speaking here to his enemies. And he said to them, now note the words here, I have told you that I am he, if therefore ye seek me, let these go. Let these go. Now, he's saying here to these men, they have come and they're well armed, and they're well quitted out and everything else. They have the authorities behind them, the government behind them. But it's just, is this just a mere request coming from our Savior? Let these go. Is it just a mere request? Is he saying here to these men, well now gentlemen, let us sit down for a little while and let us come to some arrangement. Let us try and work out some deal here. Is that what the Lord is saying here to these men at this time? No, this is not a request at all. This is a commandment. Here's a word of authority. And it's coming from the Lord. He said, let them go. Let them go. And of course, we've read here in the verse 3, haven't we? Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. But let them go. Doesn't matter what they have. Let them go. And you see the group here, this group. Yes, you have a band of men, you have officers, you have the chief priests, you have Pharisees, and they've come. Many different sections of society here are all represented. And of course, there comes a great lesson to each and every one of us here from this, as we think of this group here gathered. And the lesson, the lesson is this, that if we expect too much from this world, we're going to be disappointed. You're going to be let down. And if we look to men, it doesn't matter who the men are, we're going to be disappointed and we're going to fail. You're to keep our eye upon the Lord. And doesn't the psalmist remind us, he said it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. And he even takes us a step higher. He said it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. No, you have to look beyond this world. You have to look beyond the men of this world. Oh, here we see, here we see the Godhead shine through, don't we? Who can withstand the Lord? Who can overcome the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He's Jehovah. He's God Almighty. Not limited. These powers here can't overcome him. The Lord is going to have the last say. And his word is going to prevail. Yes, he is the Almighty. And praise God we can say today that the devil is not going to triumph either. Principalities and powers, they're not going to triumph over the kingdom of God or over his church. For Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Now, if we turn for a moment there to the book of Daniel, and I love these words, and great words they are, and we're, I'm sure they're words that we're familiar with, but I think that's maybe a lot of our problem, my problem, and your problem. We get so familiar with words and with, with, with parts of Scripture. We are to be familiar with it, but praise God we're not to glide over it as it were, but to stop and think and to meditate upon it. And here in Daniel, in the chapter 4 and in the verse 35, look at these marvelous words. He says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven. You see that? He does according to his will. That's not the will of a government or the will of men is going to prevail. But it is the will of the almighty God. The will of God. And among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand. Or say unto him, what, what doest thou? How many times have people said to you and to me? How many times has the wife said to you, what on earth are you at? You seem to be, you seem to be confused or all muddled. You don't know what you're at. And I suppose that, that's been true many a time. But who can say to God, what doest thou? Is the Almighty. And that word here came, this word of authority. Let these go their way. We have it again here in the chapter 5, Daniel 5 and the verse 21. The words of Nebuchadnezzar when he came to his senses. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. And they fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruleth in the kingdom of men, that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. Whomsoever he will. Everything, dear Christian, is in the hand of God today. And you have that marvelous chapter in Isaiah 40. All the nations of the earth before him are as nothing, they are as dust. He takes up the waters and weighs them. Oh, how great is our God. I wonder today, as we think of this, his authority over his enemies, I wonder what's the state of your heart and what is the state of my heart today as we think of this? Are we downcast? Are we troubled? As we think of the present time and as we think of the uncertainty and the fear and everything else, as we think about the future, we talk about what is around the corner for us. What's around the corner? For me, for my children growing up, my grandchildren, Oh, thank God for the preaching of the gospel and for the word of God. You have a place to come every Lord's Day, a place to come and meet where the word is preached, where you can worship God, 
where you're fed and edified, how good it is. Oh, dear Christian, don't neglect it. Yes, we're living in a day of uncertainty and a day of trouble. But look beyond it. Look beyond it and see the reign of God. God is on the throne. God is on the throne. We read there, don't we, in Luke's Gospel, in the chapter 21, and we see this around us everywhere today in the world in which we live. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Don't we see that? Men's hearts failing them for fear. Thinking upon or looking upon those things that are coming upon the earth. How is it with our hearts today? But oh, keep this in mind. All our enemies are on a leash, as it were. They're on a lead. They can only go so far. When you take out your little dog for a walk, up the street or wherever you go, you have them on a lead, you have one of them, you have one of them release leads, you can let them out so far, can't you? But if you please, and when you want, you can bring them under control and bring them, draw them back in again. Everything is on God's leash in this world. And he is in control. All his enemies. He holds the reins. And there Jeremiah, of course, reminds us that even the waves of the sea, the Lord says, Thither shalt thou come, but no further. Marvelous, isn't it? Even the weather, our storms, our waves, everything. And the Lord Jesus reminds us there that not even a sparrow falls to the ground. Not even a sparrow, that little sparrow that you feed. Not one of them can fall to the ground without his permission. He's in control. But then, just a final thought here as well. When we think of what happened here, did this not enhance the sin of his disciples in forsaking him? You see in the verse 6 here what we read, what they saw. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he. You see what happened? They went backward and fell to the ground. They went backward and they fell to the ground. These little band of disciples, they saw that. They saw the awesome majesty of God. They, 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 they experienced the presence of God. They all went back. They didn't come forward. They went back and they fell to the ground. But of course, we're looking back, aren't we? We're looking back. And he, he tells us here, he exhorts us in the word. We have the full scriptures before us, Old and New Testament. And how many times does the Lord exhort us and tell us, fear not, fear not. Time and time again the word comes, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom of God. Yes, we have the whole testimony of Scripture in our hands to encourage us and for to help us. 
What excuse have we of going back as it were? Our coldness, our backslidings, our sins and everything else. We're to hold fast, aren't we? The profession of our faith. In a sinful world where there's awful temptations and trials that come upon us for to deny things, to be cold. Uh, not, not to be so forward as it were. But we're to hold fast our profession of faith. In the light of all that God has done for us and given to us. And these men, of course, went on to betray him, didn't they? They betrayed him. They all forsook him. And they fled. But oh, praise God. The Lord has won the battle for us. These disciples in these early days, they didn't see everything just so clearly. He has won the battle for us. We can see that, can't we? He has overcome Satan. He has overcome the world. He has overcome sin, principalities and powers. I wonder, are we hankering after the world? Are we giving way to some sin? Has weakness crept into us? Oh, we're to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. This enhanced their sin. When they saw. When they witnessed. And of course they were with him. Before that as well. No we're more. We're to be more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. And gave himself for us. We're to be strong. Oh dear Christian today. We all get to that point at times. Where we feel we're so weak. And we can't go forward. We can't seem to, to go on. But keep going on with the Lord. Keep going on with God. And the two great essentials, the three great essentials, to read the word of God every day. Don't neglect your quiet time, as we call it. Read the word every day. Have a time of prayer. That's having fellowship with God. Don't neglect it. Don't forsake it. They're, they're the very things that make us strong. And of course, our, our assembling together. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. On the Lord's Day and our prayer meetings. Oh, the, these, are the, these are the fellowships. These are the things that help us and build us up and make us strong in the Lord. Don't isolate yourself. No matter how weak you might feel, whatever pressure has come upon you, dear saint of God, keep this in mind that the Lord cares for you. He cares for you. Interested in you, as I've already said. And of course, he has given to us his Holy Spirit as well. Isn't that wonderful when you think of it? Every Christian possesses the Holy Spirit of God. The world doesn't possess it. The world has not got the Spirit of God. A man might be religious. He might be upright. He might have many virtues and all of that. But until he's converted and saved, he does not possess the Holy Spirit. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Isn't that marvelous as you think of it? Christ dwells within every believer in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we are, 
We are exhorted not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby we're sealed unto the day of of redemption. And of course we are to rejoice with joy unspeakable and with full of glory. Are we rejoicing as we ought as God's people? This is something that challenges me continually. Look at the so-called rejoicing of the world. Where, Where are we? Look at the multitudes going to the football matches and they're singing and they're cheering and they're waving flags and they're all excited. Well, what about us? Yes, you may say that's a carnal joy. It's not, it's not, they're not rejoicing in the Lord, that's true. But isn't there an element there of gladness and of cheer? You can see it upon their faces. Where's our rejoicing? Where's our delight? What the Lord has done for us. Yes, their sin here. This enhanced their sin and forsaken the Lord and leaving him. Oh, may the Lord help us not to leave or forsake our fellowship with God. Dear Christian, keep going on. Keep going on. Mr. Churchill in the last war, isn't that... Isn't that the thing he kept speaking about continually? Encourage the whole nation of people. Keep going on. The Lord is with you. He has his hand upon you. He sees you. He cares for you. Keep going on. But I wonder as we close today. Is there somebody in the meeting and you're not saved? You haven't come to know him. And you're out of Christ today. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Do you think that God doesn't care for you? Doesn't love you? He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I exhort you today be saved young person or older person. This is the greatest life. You can never have. The greatest privilege in the whole world is to be a Christian. To be a disciple, a follower of Christ. Come to him. Call upon him. Trust him with all your heart and start for heaven and glory today. And if we can help you, speak to you, be glad to do so. And the meeting is over. We're not in any hurry away. And be glad Indeed, to open the scriptures and to reveal to you God's great mercy and salvation. We're going to sing a couple of hymns.